Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there, I'm Tony Gow, and you are listening to We Are West Ham podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. Thomas Edwards finally managed to peel himself away from the luxurious hotel balcony in Ibiza, drag himself back to England and join us from the UK once again. Tom, James, lovely to see you both. Since we last spoke, West Ham have beaten Brentford 2-1 in a friendly. Reading pulled out of the scheduled one that we had. Uh, lined up for today and there's been absolutely zero transfer action but West Ham take on Bournemouth in another friendly at London Stadium on Saturday so I don't know about you two but I'm certainly looking forward to going unbeaten in pre-season and then inevitably not picking up a single point from our first six Premier League games. Tom you don't look tanned at all in fact you look paler than you did before you left. How are you? How's I beef? Are you glad to be back? Um, I don't know if I want to do the rest of the podcast because the way you've introduced me, actually, pal. But um, <laughs> no, I'm all good. White as anything, as always. Yeah, that hasn't changed. I thought this year might be the year which they would all change. I come back golden brown and really mug you off, flowing barnet and everything, beard. Sadly not, but I'm all good, mate. All good, all good. Just Excellent. want to transfer. Just want something to happen for West Ham, but all good. That's the thing. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's watched, if either of you two watch White Lines on Netflix, the um, the show about IB. I was expecting a bit of a a bit of an Adonis Tom to come back. Exactly how you said, hair flying in the wind, rippling abs, golden suntan, girls hanging off you left, right and centre, but not the case. A man who is used to having girls hang off him basically his whole life, a babe magnet himself. James, how are you keeping? You look wonderful for our first YouTube show today. Thanks, mate. Um been about four years since any of that actually happened to me maybe five <laughs> did it um, ever though yeah. did it ever uh, i mean I, I might i might be lying when i say four <laughs> or five years but but yeah um yeah i'm absolutely fine thanks mate yeah um a little bit struggling to stay awake really because the lack of news that's going on but um but yeah it's yeah looking forward to the season but only next week now 
are one you really? weekend. Are you really no. looking forward to the season? No. no. <laughs> well, yeah. look, we've got a. Uh, it's a bit. It's been a bit of a quiet week on all fronts for West Ham, particularly in the transfer market. Which I'm sure, if any of you who are listening have have been on Twitter or been online at all, it's not a great place if you're a West Ham fan looking for transfer news this week. But we'll fill you in with some uh, other exciting stuff on the show tonight. We've got. We'll have a look back at the Brentford friendly two-one victory. Did anyone watch? Does anyone care? Uh, said that we're supposed to play Reading today. They've pulled out. We're not sure why. Bournemouth at home coming up on Saturday. The headlines, there's a West Ham United former player whose sister got abducted and kidnapped in her home country. And she's been released today, which is good news. That's an interesting one. We'll try and do a transfer segment. We Some of the names we mentioned last week, Shane Duffy, Eze, Ryan Fraser. Not a sniff of any of those coming in. Of course, we'll touch on the outgoing season expectations. We've done those a little bit last week. There's been a lot more negative commentary about the board this week. We've done our Twitter poll, as usual. We asked you, the We Are West Ham listeners, what you thought and where you think West Ham are going to finish this year. We'll delve a little bit into the starting eleven. Name that game is back. Slight little tweak in the format as we, uh, we line things up in pre-season, ahead of the real thing for We Are West Ham. And of course, we'll do our new segment right at the end where we'll delve into what the West Ham women's team have been up to. So, boys, busy one. A few little bits of housekeeping before we start properly. Uh, Just to everyone at home, we've got a fantasy football, fantasy Premier League league that we've set up, the We Are West Ham League, so that you, you can play against me, James and Tom and all the other listeners to the pod. The code in case anyone didn't hear it last week, is all lowercase, C-N-Y-6-O, as in the letter U. There's hundreds of you who have signed up already, so get on over there. This tonight will be our first YouTube uh, upload. Tom will be in charge of that later on, so not only can you listen to our dulcet tones every week, you can also watch us back. Me and James have put on our best hats for the occasion, and Tom, as ever, has put on his best moustache. And one thing, as we always ask of you every single week, and we really appreciate it this week if we can, if you could perhaps give us a five-star review and leave us and write a little review for us on your chosen podcast platform, we would really appreciate that. So, boys... Brentford, housekeeping out the way, back to football. We've beaten Brentford 2-1, unbeaten in pre-season, absolutely scintillating form from the Hammers. Did either of you watch it? Dan, do either of you care? Tom? Sadly, I have time to watch it, so I did I did <laughs> manage to watch that one. But it wasn't... Yeah, we. I thought we looked a bit open in midfield, a friendly to friendly. We looked decent going forward, I think. That much is clear now that our front six are more than good enough to keep pace with the top 10. And if that's the way we wanted to go and play expansive football, that we've got firepower there, we've got goals. Dean Garner coming back into the fold, he looked tricky again. He, he obviously only had 45 minutes this time, but he did enough to keep putting his name in the hat to be in that starting 11 for Newcastle on the 12th. But yeah, I think I, I get proof. What can you read into pre season really apart from? getting the players' fitness up, integrating new players, and we have no no new players to integrate. So it's just pretty run-of-the-mill stuff at the minute, and it's good to get a win against a good Brentford side. But other than that, I don't, I didn't read much into it, to be honest. Jonesy, would you, um, did, you, did you have as much time on your hands as Tom watched yeah. the whole thing, or did you uh, flit in I and out and just watch the highlights? I haven't watched any of it. Um, Not even the highlights? It's been, it's been a busy weekend. What about your preparation for the We Are West Ham podcast, James? Oh, it's all up there, I've, you know. And, and <laughs> as, I've, as I've always said, pre-season, you know, it's just a fitness exercise. Don't care about the results. 
look at see who's sort of in, who's taken a little bit of form into the into the the, the season proper. But um, it's, it's good to see us beating high flying Championship player finalist Brentford. Um, Terrible form now, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah. At the same time, you know, it's just <laughs> good to get another another ninety ninety minutes under our belt. Um, seems to be many injuries. Um, Dean Garner still looks like he could be pretty key for us. Uh, Suchek, goal machine from midfield. Absolute machine. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, Suchek's a shoo-in for my fantasy team, by the way. Uh, yeah, five, million, five million quid, so cheap. Absolute, yeah, but get him in. The Czech Kuyate. So, those of you listening at home, as we said, the We Are West Ham Fantasy League, you can see this season, James Jones last season had an absolute stinker. He was telling me what a fantasy football king that he was. Terrible start, ended up beating me. So, that is annoying. Do join up if you want to see how me and the boys get on. Rico Henry was pretty mm. impressive for Brentford. Uh, he's one of the few names that we have been, I say linked, so I'll put that in air quotes, but I think it's more just by linked. I mean, some fans have said we would really, really like him on Twitter. Uh, Aaron Cresswell at left back. We've been saying it for months and months and months, how we desperately, desperately, desperately need a left back, probably a right back as well. Tom, you, you watched the mm. game. He was pretty impressive, Henry, wasn't he? Yeah, go, particularly going forward, I've watched a lot of him. Brentford again, like I said, West Brom last week. They're always on TV, Brentford seemingly. And defensively, we know he's solid. We know he's a good player. He gets in the right position. He's impossible to beat one-on-one at that level. He's, he's dynamic. But going forward, he really, really impressed me off both feet. He was uh, cutting inside, going on the outside as a left-back, making time in his runs very, very well. And he... He certainly showed Cressel up in that game. The level of mobility that he has, his, the intelligence of his runs and the actual physical attributes he has, which Cresswell maybe once had a few years ago and still not in the same capacity Henry had, but just his ability to scap and down the pitch and Cresswell's being caught out at the same time. And I just think more than anything, it showed to us that all people who watch the game that perhaps we are, even Cresswell's even worse than we think and that Henry would improve us massively and... Uh, it's the exact it's the exact player we need, exact position, and and if we were willing to spend money after the performance he put in last week, there's no doubt that we'd make a move for him. And it's just a shame that there's no noises coming from upstairs that 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 could actually be a possibility because he was really really brilliant, to be honest. Now we'll move on to that a bit later in the show on the the transfer segment because it's been a bit of a toxic week. If you're a uh, if you're a West Ham user of of Twitter and you're regularly on that that platform a lot, it's been a bit of a strange week with fans. You know, understandably, in some sense, it's getting a bit irate about the lack of transfer activity. There is still, of course, plenty of time to go, but um, yeah, not too many rumours coming out of the club either. The Reading game, we were lined up to play a friendly away at Reading today um, at the Medeski Stadium and it just went cold. I understand Reading were the ones that pulled out of the game. Uh, perhaps they saw what scintillating form we've been in in pre-season, Jonesy, and, and decided to pull the plug because they didn't want to shoot their players' confidence before the big kickoff. That's definitely the reason why. Absolutely. But, <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, yeah. I mean, why else would they cancel it? It is strange that there's been no sort of explanation as to why they've pulled out because um, they, they played it the, they played Chelsea at the weekend or something mm. like that and, um, so yeah it, it's strange um, yeah I mean is that going to be the, the crippling hammer blow to our pre-season preparations that that, that one less 90 minutes is going to completely derail our season I really fear that, that it might be 
you never know. But the thing is that will that will have annoyed Moyes, no doubt. If that's mm. part of your plans, clubs are trying to get in as many or do what they can with pre-season. That's the other thing as well. Obviously, I've got no indication that this is the case. But with coronavirus floating around, you don't know that there, there might have been a mini outbreak in, in the Reading team or there might be some sort of problem with that. Uh, like I say, I'm stressing the point here. That Listen, I, I think their, uh, their manager might have been getting sacked. Uh, uh, like, and apparently it was quite a quick thing and he didn't expect it and he had to take the game on the weekend and then it could be something to do with that. Yeah, maybe, yeah. But, yeah. But they, uh, yeah. Do you, do you think, from from a West Ham perspective, that would have uh, upset Moyes somewhat? Yeah, and of course, the Betway Cup, Bournemouth at home on Saturday. West Ham, obviously, not the holders of the Betway Cup, our own competition, and I think we've won it once in the four or five seasons that it's been going for. Lost on a penalty shootout, of course, as I'm sure everyone will remember from last season, to Athletic Bilbao at the London Stadium. Bournemouth at home on Saturday, lads. You know, might be seeing a few. Bournemouth players who hopefully or perhaps might be lining up in a claret blue shirt next season. Obviously, Ryan Fraser's already left, so we won't be seeing him. But Callum Wilson is one who West Ham fans have been been talking about in the past. Are you um, any particularly exciting thoughts for that game, given that there's silverware on the line? No. <laughs> um, well, that's that segment then. Thanks very much for contributing. Do, do you know what? Do, do you know <laughs> what? No, do you there know what? I, I mean, it's, it's nice to win a bit of silverware, even if it is meaningless silverware. Uh, <laughs> particularly given that we're, we're we're deprived of a silverware, aren't we, as West Ham fans? But um, in terms of players that we hope to see, I mean, unless they got some half decent defenders, you know, I'm not. But I mean, Callum Wilson, don't I'm not really bothered about him. Um, we need a striker though. We'll, yeah, we'll but that. I'd rather assign defenders um, at, at this stage. Uh, if he's free towards the end of the window, once we've got those like, fullbacks sorted, then yeah, by all means. But um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, it'd be a good test against a side that's just gone down. Obviously, they're going to be eager to, to get to get their season up up and running relatively quickly with a bit of form. Obviously, they've got the new manager as well with Eddie Howe leaving. So, um, so yeah, um, yeah, it should be a good little run out. We should have, uh, I think, James, perhaps should have stuck with your first answer and then this could have been the world's shortest ever We Are West Ham podcast, I think. If we just do a one-word answer show tonight, we can all get on and uh, get back to our... He's not a fan of friendlies. (laughs) Not a a fan of friendlies at all. Well, look, boys, that's, that's a nice little introductory segment we've done there. James Jones not interested in talking about West Ham at all this week as it seems, but the, uh, the friendly against Bournemouth on Saturday, I'm, I don't particularly, I don't particularly care about it. I've said that all along, just like Jonesy preseason's not important, but given the, the Reading game that, that Moyes has missed out on, I'm sure not so much from a result point of view, Tom, but given that this is yeah. our last game before the Premier League season kicks off properly there, you know, it, it will be one yeah. that, that perhaps we should look into with a bit more detail or watch a bit more keenly. Yeah, I'd expect that he, he'd like to feel the first 11, at least who come out and play the first half, which will be close enough, or if not, the team which turns out against Newcastle, because what, we've had three games and half the squad was split, so the most anyone's played is two games at this point, and we're, what, 10, sorry, 11 days away from the start of the Premier League season. I mean, people need minutes. We We absolutely need minutes. We need fitness, and we need to hit the ground running, because that game, Newcastle, obviously, I don't want to be typical West Ham drama saying Newcastle do or die because of the running we got after sorry the run we got after but it's a relatively big game considering the, the fixtures we have after and we like to 
kick us off with a few points and and people hitting the ground running and people like Dean Garner, Bo, and everyone contributing again. And I'd like him. I'd like to see a few people get sixty minutes plus this time. Not change the whole eleven at forty-five minutes. But results-wise, I'm not fussed as long as they're fit, no injuries, and we we can have a full squad, which is a, a small squad at the minute to uh, pick from for the first game of the season. I'll be a happy man. Well, you heard it here first. Tom Edwards says the Betway Cup game against Bournemouth on the weekend is do or die. We, <laughs> talking of uh, do or die, luckily for this former West Ham United player, nothing sinister happened to his sister when she was abducted in his home country in South America. So if you want to hear about all that, stick with us because we'll have that next. So, Tom Edwards thinks that West Ham's Betway Cup game against Bournemouth on the weekend is do or die. West Ham's board don't seem to be taking that approach in the transfer market during this window. But in some completely non-football-related news, news emerged only earlier today, in fact, that a former West Ham striker, Enna Valencia, his sister was abducted two weeks ago in his hometown of home country, excuse me, of Ecuador, um, Ursi Valencia Lastra. Uh, her brother was announced as a Fenerbahce player on the same day. And she was, yeah, she was kidnapped by a, a group of armed men a couple of weeks ago. They stormed her house after attacking members of the family and took the 28-year-old by force. Her husband luckily managed to escape by throwing himself into a nearby river. But uh, luckily for Enna, he got the news today that his sister had been rescued. Now, you may wonder why on earth we're talking about this. And A, it is because it's been an extremely quiet week on the West Ham front. But one thing um, I would like to bring up, given the nature of the podcast, and at the beginning when I ask you two how you are, rarely am I asked in return how I'm doing. And I've had a particularly traumatic week. I'm not comparing it or competing with Enna here because I'm sure his sister getting kidnapped is pretty bad, but I managed to uh, tweak my ACL ligament in my knee this week, boys, by just getting off the sofa, uh, which comes only days before having booked a surfing trip to Portugal. And I've just found out today that there's every chance Portugal will be added back to the quarantine list. So it's been a stressful time for me. I'd just like to get your thoughts quickly on who you think's had a worse time, me or Anna Valencia. Um, I don't think any events has had a, had a poor time. I think your sister's had a, a pretty poor couple of weeks, to be fair. But um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, it must be quite terrifying. I mean, um, what sort of a sibling are you? I'm sure he was worried. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely, but I mean, he's still fantastic. Sign for Fenerbahce during that. Hey, Jonesy's focused on the finances. He's just taken a few million quid in bonuses. I, I'm with yeah. Jonesy. The geezer's laughing, mate. He's laughing he's, to he's the bank. What was that? What was that? Yeah. Oh, oh, my sister's missing. Hang on, let me just sign this Fenerbahce contract and yeah. then I'll worry about it after. Oh, look, she's been released now. I've signed the contract. <laughs> you don't uh, even the, have a number. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, on a, on a serious note, it's great that she's, she's safe and well. Um, and, uh, what about me? Well, I, I mean, on a serious well, note, and then I you haven't got round to some you, sympathy. Will. I haven't got round to you. Um, okay. Uh, on a serious note, it's terrible about Will's ACL. Um, Thank you. No sympathy on the old holiday front, though. You know, none. You, you none kn at all. You knew, you knew that would happen. No, but uh, we looked at Portugal two weeks ago. Not nowhere near the cor travel corridor list. Nineteen yeah. people. It's only just come 000. off. It's only 
So it's just come off and then they put it back on again. So a bit of a risque move there, mate. The so, what so, I'm worried about, except that the thing which we're all missing here is the fact that Will's surfing holiday and the James who played rugby. I don't know what's more ridiculous out of you two. One of you <laughs> playing rugby or you surfing. I don't know which one. I, can, I can't get my head around it. Well, it will, it's, got, it it's got to be the surfing. Come yeah, on, yeah, I think right. it is. I think you're not from Miami. Oh, what's going <laughs> on here? Well, look, I, I still wear my hats backwards, and I've got extremely long hair after lockdown, Josie. So I figured I had to fit my lifestyle to suit my look rather than the other way around. I do wear dodgy <laughs> shirts as well. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's all coming together now. Exactly that. Well, look, this is our uh, this is the We Are West Ham's first uh, first YouTube podcast so obviously those of you listening as you normally do on the normal podcast platforms will be able to hear us as ever but we'll be putting the youtube link now we've had the channel set up for a while now just been deciding what to do with it but this will be our first show so you can uh, you can watch uh, me and the lads jonesy just swigging out of his can of fosters which becomes customary in his brand new new york yankees cap Tom with his uh, dishevelled, chic look that he pulls off week in, week out, and me scared of any more comments about my hair or my shirt and in my plain <laughs> black T-shirt, plain black cap. Well, the the kidnappers did ask Enna Valencia for two million US dollars, was believed to be the ransom that they requested offer him whether or not he's paid it or not still remains unclear but luckily enough Anna Valencia's sister is safe me and my knee and my surfing trip to Portugal on the other hand still very much up in the air so I'd like to thank in advance everyone all the listeners at home for sending their well wishes and prayers no doubt worried about me lads Anna Valencia out the way we're gonna have to do it I'm afraid it will be perhaps the shortest segment in we OSM history but transfers last week we mentioned potential incomings, Shane Duffy, uh, Eberichi Eze, Ryan Fraser, Callum Wilson. None of those have happened. Duffy looks like he's almost certainly going to Celtic. Eze gone to Palace. Little or no movement on Fraser and Wilson. We don't really seem to have been linked with anyone either. The outgoings we mentioned again last week, Philippe Anderson, Jack Wilshere, Fabian Balbuena potentially going. None of those have happened either. All we've had is more links to Declan Rice's departure, maybe a bid from Saudi Arabia for Manuel Lanzini and also some interest, I believe, from Napoli for Pablo Fornells. We'll start with the outgoings first because I think that's probably the more interesting side of things. Tom, I think uh, you, you brought to my attention the, the bid, the Pablo Fornells stuff from, from Napoli. Do we, do we think that's uh, sort of what can you tell us about that, first of all? I think it's one of those where we at West Ham are quite a, a club which probably creates a lot of traction in the media world when we're brought up in a transfer saga. And I think that Napoli definitely fancy him as a player and like him. And I'm, I'm aware that they wanted to sign him at the time we signed him, but we just got there first. And I think they're snooping. But from what the reports are saying, it looks like the club aren't willing to sell, which for me is a smart move. One, because you can't it's lose It's a no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he, he really grew into his own, I think, since Moyes came in. Not that I'm a Moyesiola fan, but he really grew into his own. I think he worked hard. He looked good. He started getting better positions, and I think you just got to keep him. He's, he's young and clearly talented and clearly brings something to our starting eleven. and it would just be a mental decision to, to get rid of him. He's brilliant age bracket as well. He's got 10 years left of his career. He's, he's a top player. Exactly, he's just bedded himself into the Premier League mm. last season, didn't he? Uh, James Manuel Lanzini, there's uh, rumours of a, of a bid from Saudi Arabia, as I mentioned. It's, he came from 
from the Middle East before. I can't exactly remember uh, what team it was we signed him from, but that was that was from somewhere in the Middle East, the UAE, I believe. Um, again, I think everyone would almost be glad rather than sorry to see Manuel Lanzini go. Do you share those thoughts? I mean, I'd be sorry to see him go just purely because you know he's been he has been a brilliant player for us over the last five years. I know the last two injuries kind of held him back a little bit that that heartbreaking ACL injury he got just before the World Cup completely not as heartbreaking as mine I don't think absolutely it was as bad not. as mine no, 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 no. absolutely not. <laughs> um, but yeah no I, I mean I'd be gutted to see him leave without sort of being able to for us to sort of say goodbye to him really you know because those first three years at the club he was superb and um, he was really becoming a very very influential player for us in our midfield and yeah, it just didn't hasn't really worked out for him in the end because of that injury and subsequent subsequent injuries as well. So it's just that the big question now is sort of how much do you think he's worth and how much do you think we're selling for? I mean we were saying last week about how rubbish we are at selling footballers. Um well you were I was. I mean exactly I'm not wrong. Um, everyone agreed with me on Twitter for once. So I must have been saying something right. Um, but yeah, yeah, I was I surprised to see that actually. It's mad, absolutely mad. I still can't believe it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, you know, three years ago, we would have got 25, 30 million quid for him Minimum, before that yeah. World Cup, potentially. Yeah. Uh, but now, I mean, given his injury record of late, you know, can we get, can we get 10, 15 million quid for him? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if we, we ended up accepting a little bit less if he, if, if he is wanted and, and there are bids coming in for him. But I, I don't know. I just don't know if it's worth giving him another season. Just Why? To sort of see, I, I just, just a bit of a squad player. Um, but he's an expensive is, squad player, isn't he? We're not buying anyone, though. That's it. We're, we're not buying. Been made, it's been made very clear. Yeah. Well, rumours have, uh, have suggested that it's it's very obvious that we're not interested in buying anyone yet. Um, so if we're not going to do that, then we can't particularly you know, afford to let players go. Particularly given our injury record as a football club, we're going to get injuries to key players and we could have to rely on someone like Manuel Lizzini to, to sort of step in. To, to not to incur the wrath of, of a lot of people on Twitter this week. Um, with that, assuming that some of the things that have come out are true, that West Ham are trying to or focusing on getting rid of players before they bring anyone in, Assuming that's true, no one shoot me because these aren't my words. However, if that is true, which I think you know may be a sort of a prudent uh, approach to things, Lanzini's on a big old wedge, isn't he? I believe he's in the top four or five earners at the club. It may, may have dropped down that pecking order slightly because of Haller and um, Anderson, of course. But I think he's still top five. Uh, he's floating at the wages around the hundred grand mark, a few grand either side of that. He's an expensive one to get off. While we may not get much for him transfer fee-wise, if you can get his wages yeah. off the book, surely that fee frees up some money for for some other signings. Put it this way, you could get two of Jared Bowen's wages on for one yeah. Manuel Lanzini at the moment. Well, I think we're led, to, we're led to believe that there's no cash to buy players regardless of the, 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 the wage bill. Yeah. So given our record of selling players for peanuts, you know, you're not going to be able to buy anyone for peanuts. And, so... Um, yeah, like for me, much just keep him if you're not going to get a good fee for him. Yeah, and Go for on, me, Tom. I think that um, the, the, we could get a decent transfer fee for Lanzini if he moves to Spain, Italy, anywhere else in England. We could actually 
negotiate a decent fee, about upwards of 15 million minimum, I believe. Whereas if he's going Saudi Arabia, I just think he's 27. I looked at it today. He's, he's good age. He's Argentinian. So obviously, he's not the player he once was. But if, if people getting so, I know Ramsdale's a name I keep bringing up, but 17 million for an unproven English goalkeeper who's just gone down with Bournemouth who's shipping goals left, right, and centre. I'm sure there's teams out there who really fancy Lanzini who've lost to 10 recently. Who, who think that he could actually come in and do a decent job for him. And I think we'd be mugging ourselves off and underestimating him as a player and a talent if we just let him go for five million to UAE, Saudi Arabia. And I'd be upset to see him do that because he's a much better player than wasting the rest of his career out in the Middle East where no one's going to care, no one's going to give two hoots and he'll never get back in the Argentina fold because he, he's a decent player. But I think we've maybe moved on from each other but I want to see him do the best and I'd like to see us make them make some money off a player who's been a good servant to us. Mm. To be quite honest, Tom, I think after his form last season, mm. particularly, I'd rather play Aaron Ramsdale as our number 10. <laughs> <laughs> 17 million quid. Yeah, incredibly no, harsh. I, I, yeah. No, I just, I, I, I'm, I love him. I love him more than anyone. I think he was, he was integral to making Pyatt the player he was at West Ham because defenders were just as worried about Lanzini doing bits. He was absolutely outstanding and, you know, he's, I've, some of my happiest memories watching Manuel Lanzini in a West Ham shirt but I just think the pair of you not to you know not to put too fine of a point on it but I just think it's a bit living in the past last season yeah. what did he do he didn't do anything it's not his fault I just think if you put a hard nose football business hat on you just say that injury like we saw happened with Cresswell he just lost that bit of zing since then and I think if we want to move forward as a club you sort of thank him for for all the great memories he's given us. He's never kicked up a stink. He's always had a pretty good attitude by the looks and sounds of it. But I just think now's the time to let him go. No more. I think everyone knows what's happening with the Declan Rice. There's no real information to report, is there? It's just sort of, if he's going to go anywhere, it looks like it's going to be Chelsea. They're the only ones who may put an offer in. Another couple of standard transfer rumour stories coming out of all the... The usual places this week, mainstream media and otherwise. Um, but I, I don't think we can add anything to that this week, to be honest. On the the incomings, lads, are you? I feel like you know the if you go on West Ham Twitter, as as it's been a bit of an angry place this week. Uh, stories coming out about West Ham trying to. You'll know the. I think it was we're trying to stay up with minimal outlay. Um, that's one of the, the quotes, if you like, that's been attributed to the board. Uh, not sure that obviously that has been a, isn't a direct quote because they, they haven't come out and, and spoken one way or the other, those in charge at West Ham. I think there, there is a bit of damned if you do, damned if you don't with that because a lot of seasons when we're linked with loads of people, people are quick to come out and go, ah, oh, classic West Ham, leaking stories that we're linked with really good players and we're never getting anywhere near him. Alexander Lacazette, uh, Maxi Gomez, all these big names. Obviously, we did go out last season and, and buy a top European striker in Sebastian Allaire, Philippe Anderson. It was a big outlay as well. Yeah, I, I do think there's going to be anger towards towards the board and those in charge of transfers, whether we're linked with everyone, whether we sign people or whether there's no one. I, I think that's the nature of it but what have you two made Jonesy I'll go to you first what have you made of it this week it's been a bit of a strange week as far as transfers go yeah it's been strange um I do hope that those those quotes aren't aren't true or they're or they have potentially been 
been bent a little bit and and, and moulded just to sort of follow the narrative uh, amongst you know the negative that talk amongst West Ham fans, and that's not against West Ham. For every, we've we've got every reason to be annoyed at the moment, you know. Right at the time when the, the squad needs investment, it's not happening. Instead, we're we're shipping players off for, on the cheap. So, um, but I don't know. We've spent a lot of money in previous summers and haven't seemed to get anywhere. So, perhaps you know the, the club are trying something a little bit different this time and trying a little bit a little bit more measured in their business. I don't know, um, and that's trying. To, I'm saying that without giving them any credit at all. Um, but at the same time can kind of see whether there might be a little bit of truth kind of see method in the madness almost absolutely tom well uh, I, I saw you on on twitter this week quite vocal mm. in your with some statements about david gold david sullivan and the board in general all related to transfers we'll give you a chance in the next segment to have your say about that we'll have a little bit of a chat about season expectations we'll go through the result of the We Are West Ham Twitter poll that we put live out earlier today so all the West Ham, We Are West Ham listeners could have their say. We'll have a little chat about the lads and what our starting 11s might be. Name that game. Quiz is coming up and then we'll have our West Ham women's segment to wrap things up at the end. So stay with us because all of that is coming up next. You are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, William Pugh, Tom Thomas Edwards, and James. James, is it James? Jim? That's James is just your full name, isn't it, Jonesy? James, yeah. Yeah, nothing. Or Jay. Exciting, <laughs> right? Jay. Jay's Jay, cool. do they? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, uh, well, you know, we'll leave this introduction in. Not the smoothest intro to the segment I've ever done, but I do like to use people's full and proper names sometimes. So me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards, and James Jones, as you might be used to hearing us called not a lot of action on the transfer side in or out Tom's already mentioned what a small squad that West Ham have got going into the season and just to build on we did have a quick discussion last week on our expectations for the season we gave out our guesses for who's going to be top scorer player of the year and all that so do go back and listen to last week's episode if you missed it. Tom, we've touched on it briefly already. Some comments that have reportedly, important to note that, reportedly come out of the club this week. That the the goal of uh, well, West Ham's goal of those in the, the back office, those running the club this year, is to stay up with minimal outlay. Now, that understandably has enraged people on Twitter. The The quotes aren't attributed, or they're attributed, sorry, to the board. They haven't come directly from anyone within West Ham, as as of course they they rarely do. But if it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be too much. It's not too much of a stretch, is it, to assume that that perhaps would be the approach if it, it turned out that that was true and that was the strategy for this season. Not too many people would be surprised. You weren't happy on Twitter this week. I'll read out the uh, the tweet from you. This was three days ago from Tom. Um, we're being run into the ground, and if we're so poorly run that we can't shift anyone else but Rice, and we're willing to do so in order to buy, then it's going to turn incredibly nasty for the three jokers in charge. They need flushing out one way or another. Typically measured as ever on Twitter from Tom Edwards. And... You know, as as we always say, when when these issues come up on the We Are West Ham podcast, we do try and look at it from both sides. We say how we feel, um, but we don't want to. You know, we know that people listen to this don't always want to be filled up with negativity and anger. But we've got Tom 
here just in case uh, people do need a dose of that. Tom, obviously you, as, as me and Jonesy mm. do, you feel, feel very strongly about the, the situation at the mm. club. Declan Rice hasn't gone yet, but I, I would say I wholeheartedly agree with you um, mm. that, that selling Declan Rice this summer, if it's this summer isn't the summer to do a rebuild based on a huge amount of money, is it? But, mm. but just elaborate sort of on your thoughts a bit more um, and how you're feeling if those comments and that strategy is the one West Ham are going to be adopting this season. Well, I think when the, the timer when I tweeted that was a culmination of hearing the news that one, with the outlay, the idea was minimal outlay and to stay up. Two, that Rice might go at the end of the window and was looking likely that Chelsea would come in for him and they'd get the deal done. And thirdly, that Eze signing for Palace and it all sort of hit at once and it was a build up of frustration. I, I stick by my word. I do think that the the way they are trying to keep us and the way they are at the minute, it almost seems like they're readying to sell by trying to make us a profitable club or at least show that we aren't spending that much money and that, that we're worth investing in because the, the money that's coming out of the club isn't, isn't too much and it's, it's something that a potential investor would look into and say, well, their, their balance sheets is okay or whatever. And it seems like they are thinking about themselves above everyone else. And we're a football club who's got millions of supporters around the world. I know that might seem ridiculous, but we are one of the best supported clubs in the world, in the country. For our level, particularly, we haven't won anything mm. since 1980. Yet we get 60,000 people there. I don't think there's many clubs around Europe who would be able to get 60,000 people in. Being a, not a yo-yo club, but being the, the, all we've had is playoff victories and an FA Cup final yeah. in 06, other than that, 1980. The supporter to trophy ratio that we've got yes. is pretty impressive, isn't it? Yeah, It's, yeah. it's, it's incredibly impressive. And I, I think that just it was a general frustration that it seems like coronavirus has hit all of us, every single person on the planet, very hard. But yet Premier League clubs are going out spending money. Every single club is spending money except us, effectively. And it just seems that we're being left behind and being done in a way which is like mal intentions and that they are only thinking about themselves and they are just wary of keeping their own pockets full rather than actually helping the franchise or what, whatever they want to make us. And they're trying to do it with minimum outlay. And it's just a build up of frustration. And I think that we are in a position now we, where we left the Olympics, sorry, we left Upton Park four or five years ago now and um, we've not improved. And the, lack of ambition after one summer yes we went out and backed Manuel Pellegrini very much so we spent 100 million players and not a lot of them worked out and understand that but Man City's first 100 million outlays they didn't work out Rubinho was gone in two years a lot of Tottenham did, tried Tottenham to do wasted it. a lot of the Bale and Modric money didn't they exactly it's exactly that and it's about learning how to be in the market and first first go you're never going to get it right you're not going to get four superstars in like Pai. We we lucked out the best player we've had is a 10 million pound signing from Marseille and I just think that we need to have another crack at it and flushing out might be a bit too much. They could go out and do something at the end, but I'm, I definitely want them out of the club. And I just think that one way or another, someone needs to inject some ambition into that, whether it's David Gold and David Sullivan, they find it within themselves, or it's a manager who takes a stance and, and shows that, that no one's going to stand for this and makes a bit of a thing which gets the media up on their backs and realise that we are, we are being run very poorly. And that's no, my main overriding thing, I think. Yeah, I don't think um, you know not to not to down what you're saying there, Tom. At oh. all, I, I I think we're you know to uh, the three of us. Me and James have spoken mm. at length about this before with you on the show and and before you joined us full time. Mm. Uh, I think we're of we're of a similar 
a similar feeling. One thing I would say, Tom, just a bit of devil's mm. advocacy, perhaps. Now, because I've heard that a couple of times pop up this week about, mm. oh, they're just preparing to sell. If that is true, isn't that what everyone, or not everyone, but a large majority of the fan base wants? So yeah, is that yeah, something yeah. to criticise them for? If that is, if that, if that is it, mm. not that they're going to come out and say that, but if they're mm. preparing the club and the balance sheets for a mm. sale, which you have to do, that is, mm. if you want to sell a business um, or a football club, that that you do mm. have to do that. Is is that something? Would that not surely make you happier in the long run if that was true? No, you're right. It would make me happier, but it's the way we're going about it. We stayed up by the skin of our teeth last season, and it's probably not the time to not go out and buy anyone when they're clearly the left-back. He's not a young player. He's not good enough. He's an old, old player who clearly is incapable of playing that position at this level anymore. He's on the Masu- way down, not up, isn't he? Yeah, Exactly. And Masuaku, he's been around the club for three, four years, wherever he is now, and he's clearly not good enough. And we, we just... We're not in a position where they can coast and can just say we're going to sell a Premier League club in 12 months because we know we're going to stay up in the division. Find our front six is very decent. It could be top 10 level if we really wanted and we went for it at back four. But the back four is that bad that we really have a chance of going down again, if not one of the favourites to go down if they don't make any moves in that capacity. So it just seems odd because clever businessmen who made money wouldn't do this. They'd at least put a bit of money in and get a centre-half, get a left-back and just know that we're going to be in a position to sell in 12 months where we are a Premier League club. And I think that's where the disconnect comes from. It. I'd love them to sell, and I'm with you on that, but they're not doing it in a way which would be sustainable because selling us in the Championship, they're not going to do that. They'll just keep running us down. They won't be able to find a seller. No, I do, I do agree with your point. It seems like a risk, doesn't it? It seems like mm. a big risk because I can't see us doing, we're not going to do any better than the previous season's relegated teams, are we? There's no way we're going to finish above Sheffield United uh, next season. Leeds, I can, I can really see them having a big bounce. They're obviously mm. going to do well. Excellent support week in, week out, if and when fans are allowed back in. Of course, Marcelo Bielsa, no one knows what he's going to be like in the Premier League, West Brom, you know, they're no, they're no slouches. They've sort of bit, Billich has obviously been around before. A few of their players have. I could see them going down. But it's, it's by no means a guarantee that we'll scrape it again. It does seem like a, a significant risk. Jonesy, Tom obviously feels strongly on that. As uh, me and you have, have chatted about this before, we're, we're of, the, of a similar sort of, sort of mindset to, to Tom. What are your, what are your thoughts on, on what Tom's had to say there? I completely agree with him. Um, I mean, I've said so many times in the past that you don't have to, you, it doesn't need massive investment to improve a, improve a squad, of, a squad of footballers. You know, particularly in this day and age when, you know, scouting and, and all the rest of it is, is as advanced as it is. You know, you, we've proven in the past that we can sign good players that improve our starting 11 or at least improve our squad um, without having to spend 40, 50 million pounds on a player. Uh, so, you know, you know, if they're thinking, you know, we, we can't do another £100 million summer, um, and as, you know, quite rightly said, you know, we did that once, didn't work. So many other clubs have done that, done that, they had to do it three or four times before they've even, you know, got anywhere close to it working. You could spend um, £15 million on a championship left-back though, couldn't you? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> to at least no try. Yeah, yeah. No problem. And, you know, the, what, what, at the moment, what, the current situation is telling me is that they, they haven't got enough information on the transfer targets that, that they are supposedly after. 
um, because you know once again the scouting at the club isn't up to scratch. Um, I, you know, we, we spoke months ago about oh, you know, it's an outrage that they've only got one scout at the club, and I think that turned out to be, you know, wasn't true. Um, but it's it's obvious that the scouting at the club isn't anywhere near the standard it should be for a Premier League club, let alone a club with ambitions of being as big as it it has um, in a sixty thousand seat stadium. And this is the situation we're in now, and we don't have that set up. And now we're, we're we're sitting there going, oh, you know, we don't really know to target. Can't afford an hundred million pound summer. Um, don't even think we, you know, don't really want to gamble fifty million quid on a on a right back or a left yeah, back that's because what... it's a lot of money. And Spurs it's, just it's went. Get... Sorry, go on. Sorry, it's just you know, I know what you're about to say. Yeah. Um, and it, it's madness. Like what? Like if Spurs can go and do it. You know, go on, you say it for me. Go on. I'm not. No. No. no <laughs> I just. It's yeah. Like Spurs have gone out and spent fifteen million pounds on Matt Doherty this week, and he's one of the best right backs. I know he's a right wing back. Whether or not Spurs will play five at the back or not, we don't know. David Moyes has played five at the back in the past. I'd be interested to see genuinely whether he switches to a five again and plays Masuaku at left wing back because Masuaku had his best spell at West Ham as left wing back and that solves that problem straight away. I also think it takes a bit of a defensive burden off Ryan Fredericks, which I think would do him a favour as well. And it would take less pressure or take the pressure off of you know our centre-backs who, despite everyone saying Ogbonna was front runner for uh, player of the year last year with Declan Rice. Everyone in the same breath says that our back four is, is the worst part of our team as Jonesy's done just there. I think a five at the back, I think solves a lot of those problems for Moyes. And I'd be intrigued to see if that's how he lines up on the first game of next season. I, I do agree. I think some of the, the blind anger this week, because it is worth noting there's still some time to go. I know people have got more angry because there hasn't even been some transfer tidbits to to feast upon, um, which there often is. Like I said earlier, they get criticised as well if, if we're linked with players we don't end up signing. So there is a bit of that inevitable anger that will come around transfer season for West Ham fans. But I do totally agree with, with what you two are saying and with what a lot of fans uh, have been saying this week, where there's a line, isn't there? Where I don't really feel like West Ham fans are asking us to go out and do another hundred million pound summer or whatever. And it is worth noting with that hundred million pound figure, and I mentioned it at the time, if you zoomed out a bit, that was a hundred million where we'd spent next to nothing for the previous two. So mm-hmm. thirty million a season all of a sudden didn't look that much, did it? Certainly not for a team who was supposed to be challenging for European football in that world class stadium that we've got at the moment. Boys, we asked the We Are West Ham fans uh, in the week. We spoke about it last week, where we think West Ham are going to finish. Not a lot's happened in the transfer market this week. Me, you and Tom James weren't particularly enamoured um, or excited about the prospect of, of West Ham next season. I think we all picked 14th, 15th, 16th, I think were our combined predictions of, of where the club's going to finish. I don't know whether either of you feel like that's changed or not this week, but we asked the We Are West Ham listeners uh, what they thought ahead of the show. It's worth noting anyone listening who wants to uh, get involved with these votes, go and follow us. We are underscore West Ham on Twitter if you don't already. But it was quite a simple one this week. This week's poll was where will West Ham finish next season? The options were European spot, so first to seventh, uh, eight, twelve. Can, can I butt in there? 
if this is going to be for nicotine, <laughs> the sheer audacity you put in first in that answer. Yeah, or, I mean, it should have just been Europe, European spot, fifth or seventh. Because <laughs> there's no way we're finishing top four, and there's definitely no way. We're, I mean, we're not doing a Leicester. Well, it ain't happening. Josie, of the three percent of people who <laughs> voted and said West Ham are going to finish in a European spot, of that three percent, a few of them might have only clicked on it because it said first. They might think we're going to win the league. In fact, they may be annoyed at We Are West Ham for not giving the option of Premier League champions. So you say that, but I don't want to be upsetting um, a percentage <laughs> of the 3% of our listeners who think that West Ham are going to finish in a European spot. So the other choices were 8th to 12th, 13th to 17th, or relegated. Now, I don't know if either of you lads have seen the results yet, but 3%, as I mentioned, think West Ham are going to finish in a European spot next season and you know what's sad I think if you'd done that vote this time last year plenty of people after a 10th place finish the year before were expecting us to be able to edge a seventh spot so that's down to three percent 18 percent of the respondents said we'll finish eighth to twelfth 60 percent an overwhelming majority think we'll finish between 13th and 17th and 19th 19 percent excuse me think that West Ham We'll get relegated. We had a couple of comments as well. Uh, Tom said, I want to be positive. Suchek and Bowen were solid signings. And if Moyes gets a chance to reinforce the squad further, I'm sure we'll be in a position where we can push our way up the table. Hard run of fixtures to begin with, I know. But all we can do is try. I like that bit of uh, positivity there. All we can do is and, try. I love that. Yeah, well, he's, he's right, isn't he? It is all we yeah, can do. Yeah, it's true. And uh, yeah, another uh, reply we had just from West Ham shortlist said, exactly 13th. So... Um, a bit of a mix there. Like I say, if you want to get involved, we are underscore West Ham on Twitter. I don't think either of us have, have particularly changed uh, our thoughts. The overwhelming majority of fans appear to agree with us, which once again, James, is a, is a feeling you're not used to. Yeah, it's a weird. I mean, 2020 just gets weirder. <laughs> <laughs> this is the weirdest yeah. thing that's happened this year, isn't it? <laughs> Strange. <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah, I, I think everyone is is in the same boat at the moment. Everyone has a has a different opinion on it. Just quickly, what I'd, what I'd like mm. to ask you both about, Tom, I'll, I'll throw this one to you. And it's a bit off the cuff. We didn't speak mm. about it before. Um, when you know people who clearly want the want the board out, um, there's there's lots of people among the fan base. A large percentage of the fan base who feel that way. Um, one thing I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts on, because we did touch on it last mm. last week about season tickets. I feel, if I if I felt strongly enough on that matter, the the, the way I would, would show that, or the, the best way to show that, or take real action, as I know the, um, uh, you know, some of the Hammers United um, guys, a lot of their their members have just don't go to West Ham anymore. And that's what a lot of people talk about, just not going anymore. And that's that's what I think. If I felt strongly enough about it, and I do feel strongly about it, um, but if it was something that, you know, I really was really, 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 I, I had to show my, like, act rather than speak, would be to not go to West Ham anymore mm. and then not buy things mm. from the shop. Um, and basically not not pump money into the club. You you think, Tom, I, I think you feel mm. the strongest um, out of the three of us, or you're certainly you know, very vocal about it. You put mm. your points across well when you do. What do you feel about the idea that if you feel that way 
if I was to say to you, well, if you feel that way and so strongly, Tom, then don't go to the games or don't buy things from the shop. How do you, what do you, how do you feel about that sort of point? Without coming across as a sad little nerd or whatever, I, I'm not going to let, I think the people who still choose to go is, uh, for me, I'm not going to let three people who have a total disregard for one of, if not the most important thing in my life, bar my family and mates. I'm not going to let those three people dictate my passion, my love of the game, because this is what I want to go into. Like, like both of you work in the media and sport world effectively. That's, that's what I want to do. All stemmed from being a West Ham fan and loving that. And I'm not going to let three people take that away from me. And, and I try to go down different avenues, but obviously no aggression, whatever I want to protest and want to get the point across and I want to do it in the right manner. And I want, it to be in a way which doesn't affect my life because they've already affected it enough by not putting enough in, not caring, choosing a badge and done that. I'm not going to let them win by making me not go in and watch West Ham where at the same time, if I wasn't at the game, I'd still be at home finding a weird stream or, or finding a way to watch it or watching on Sky Sports. I still want to be there. I still want to enjoy the day with my mates because West Ham is bigger than them. We'll outlive them. The fan base is massive and one day, whether it's with them or without them, we will bounce back. We will be better. We will be bigger and we will, we will make a fist of actually being an ambitious club because you have to be blind to not see how big a club we can be and the potential we have, particularly with 60,000 fans behind us now. Um, and I just think that I'm not going to let them win. For me, if I started to not go um, and they took that away from me, I'd, I'd see it as, as them winning and I don't think I'll ever let that happen. Yeah, I do, I, I do, I do see where mm. you're coming from there. Just one more, James, before I throw to you uh, on that, Tom. Do you, mm. if I was to say to you then what you've said there, that mm. by doing that, the you know the the owners who or the the, the finance people at the club, they know that the fan mm. base is is fill up or f there's a lot of people in the fan base who hold that viewpoint, mm. and if someone was to say to you, well, the they're relying on that that exact thing that you've said mm. because you love West Ham so much and you want to you want to go every week and because the the club know that 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 plays into their hands because they there's no what reason have they got to change their actions because mm. whatever they do people like you will still go what what do you say to that I say that I think the only other fit, you're right, you're bang on. I that just, so, so, like, you know what, yeah. I, so why I say it, it's because Newcastle yeah. fans, right? I know, I know it's a yeah. huge amount, but they got to that stage, didn't they, where they're like, no, yeah. I'm not going anymore. And again, they're Newcastle fans, <laughs> just as passionate as West Ham. Uh, they really care about their club. Um, you know, everyone knows what Newcastle mm. fans are like. Very similar. One of our episodes not long ago was called the London, we are the London mm. version of Newcastle. So mm. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying it's to try and belittle how you feel. Mm -hmm. I'm generally curious because I feel like that that would be the best way to to yeah, do yeah. it. Um, so, what do you feel about the fact that the club play on mindsets mm. like yours, where they it doesn't matter mm -hmm. what we do because people like Tom and thousands of others who mm -hmm. love West Ham, and I'm not belittling any people who feel like that because I'm the same, but they'll come mm -hmm. anyway, so it doesn't really matter. I think the the one thing I'd say is I mean I, I agree and I totally know your viewpoint on it is is never belittling but I'd say that I think the difference between our owners and Mike Ashley is that Mike Ashley is potentially a better businessman. He doesn't care about what people think about him. He cares about money coming in his pockets. Our three in charge have clearly shown that they are very 
they'll like what's very self-conscious people they care about their image they care about what they're portraying and they care about the way they come across to people they are sky sports i know they you're can't. not yeah they can't but i know but, but i think i think exactly and i think they can't because of the way they're doing it but i think no club ever has asked sunday supplement no club's ever cared no owners have ever said apologize it's why are they even watching why do they care why do they care what a media <laughs> jonathan Liu says why do they even bother but our owners care. Karen Brady's on The Apprentice. They they're all love this image they create for themselves. And I think the more bad press they get and the way by protesting and getting numbers there and, and heartfelt. And, and, and yes, I would agree with you, mate. If, if five, six years they're still there and still doing the same thing, I'd be stupid to keep going and paying them money because I am feed, feeding their pockets. I just have this idea that they care about themselves and the more you create and generate an idea of they are bad people or, or they wish bad on the football club and you put that in the press and it gets traction like it did when Hammers United really had that big one and it started getting put in talk sports, Sky Sports, Sunday Supplement, all these things. The more we do that and the bigger numbers and the more turnout, I'd rather do it that way and give myself a few years of enjoying it whilst I'm at this age, go home and away and I have no responsibility. Enjoying it. Enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hating it, but yeah, at least yeah. being with my mates and being this age, I can go up and down the country. I don't have kids, whatever, and make the most of this period. And I, I, I like to think that that's the way it is, but we, we'll, we can only see, time will tell, and I really, really hope they're getting closer and closer to leaving. Yeah, I, 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 I totally get where you're coming from. I'm glad I asked. I'd just like to say, you know, that's not my, that's not my stance on it. It's just the th thoughts that come up in my head because I know how passionate you feel about it, Tom. And I just wonder, you know, whether, well, at what stage does it get to that where you go, no, I can't do this anymore because I'm f fueling the fire almost. And we're all the same. Me, you and James all bought our season tickets again this year. Um, so, you know, I, I totally agree on that. The, the Jonesy, I've, do you again tom speaks a lot of sense especially on on this this sort of matter and i just would say that is the one thing tom's touched on it there why i feel they don't step away from the club is because i it's, how are they relevant anymore in society the celebrity immediately goes doesn't it i think that mm. means more to them than any money david gold's in his 80s you know, I think uh, I think at the beginning, gold particularly, and still does less so now, but came across the better of, of the two. And I just feel that as soon as they're not West Ham owner uh, David Gold or West Ham owner David Sullivan anymore, or West Ham chairman uh, Karen Brady, they their relevance they just they stop being relevant in public life, don't they? They're not in the public view anymore. Then they're just faceless, nameless businessmen aren't they? You know, running Ann Summers, a successful business, no doubt, and all their other the business ventures, the, the, the celebrity element goes. And I think that it's very rarely spoken about um, in mainstream or West Ham media, whatever. And I think that's the, the crux of the issue, um, if you ask me. Jonesy, me and Tom have, have dominated that little segment now. Have you sort of got anything to add or are you singing off the same hymn sheet, I'd imagine? No, I do. I do agree. Um... I mean, I understand it, as Tom was saying, that where people go, you know, why'd you keep going? Just put money back in their pockets. But as Tom said, you know, a life without West Ham, you know, it's, it's very difficult just to stop going when you've grown up sort of going every other week. Um, and, you know, I, I battled with myself with that this summer going, you know, is it worth it? All my mates were like, well, we're renewing, but purely for the social side of it. When you um, say all of your mates, you mean both of them? 
my brother's one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a bloke I'm related yeah. to, all right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so, so yeah no but they've all said yeah we're doing it but mostly for the for the social side of it and it has been it is a social thing for us mm. um it's a kind of social first football second these days and you know yeah we you would chat about the game you know beforehand and you know we we, we, we get there on time and you know we tend to stay into the final whistle but it, it football's almost secondary on, on the saturday afternoon for us when we go and i was like well I can't imagine a life without having that option to go to the pub with my mates on a on a Saturday afternoon, but then still have the option just to shoot over the football and be able to walk in and mm. and also in the future once they do sell because eventually they will. You know, if things do get better, I don't want to be number fifty five thousand on that waiting list. There's you know, not I'm, a waiting list. Behave. I'm lucky. I'm lucky <laughs> enough to to have a season ticket. We're lucky enough to have a season ticket yeah. now. And if there is a fifty five that sixty thousand long list of, of names waiting to get in, desperately waiting to get into the ground. Um then I don't want to be at the back of that queue. I want to be I want to be straight I want to be still there, you know. So even if it does take fifteen minute fifteen years for that to happen. But the, the the key thing is the is the protest, you know, keep doing those right and uh, and you know keep putting the pressure on it then you know hopefully we might begin to see some change. But that's the only way that it happens because if, if we do stay quiet then unfortunately it will just carry on I think. Absolutely. Well, look, I think that was a that was an excellent segment, far longer than I think we'd anticipated. But Tom, in particular, I always uh, it's always good to hear your thoughts on that because, again, you're um, you managed to eloquate them. Eloquate them is that a word? You're going to pull me up on that one? I pull myself up. Like, elo- eloquent. You could have just said you, you managed to say them really well. Eloquently. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could have done that actually. You're right. Well, I'm not managing to eloquate myself properly, so I think on that note, that will be the end of this segment. But stay with us next because we'll run for our desired starting eleven for the first game of the season. Name that game is back with Jonesy in the quizmaster seat and the West Ham women segment to wrap things up. So stick around because all that's coming up next. So you are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. I couldn't eloquate myself properly at the end of that last segment. I promise that I'll do my very best for this one, despite my potential career ending knee injury that none of the boys seem too bothered about. Lads, excellent segment there. I think it's, uh, as we've, we've mentioned before, we don't like to ram these things down people's throats. Everyone who listens knows what's going on at the club. Everyone who listens has their own view on it. Um, and that's the beauty of, of where we are West Ham podcast and the world we live in is that everyone is free to have their own views and uh, act as they like. Tom, excellent hearing from you there and, uh, and your thoughts on the situation with the board. I think it was just one of those times we don't like to jam it down people's throats but this week has been one of those times where it's come up again and was worth talking about just one thing quickly lads in the break there news broke of glenn murray's move to watford so absolutely outstanding news for everyone associated with west ham because <laughs> we might actually keep a clean sheet against brighton next season which will be huge that's at least six conceded goals that we can uh, that we can write off that will be without next season glenn murray just been confirmed as a Watford player and will play for them in the championship next season. Also, it was uh, Al Jazeera FC, in case any of you were still concerned, who Manuel Lanzini played for before from the United Arab Emirates. But enough of that. 
Starting 11s for next season. We've mentioned that there's been no transfer activity whatsoever at West Ham United. I'm pretty sure that we're all just going to guess the exact same 11. Uh, Tom, I'll throw to you on it first. I'm mm. guessing it's a no-brainer about Fabianski and goal, of course, for all of us. What are you? What formation are you having? I'll probably go 4-3-3 with obviously one striker, two wingers ahead of the three in the middle. So I'd have, if we're going to do that, I'd have Fabianski, as much as this sounds ridiculous for the amount I slag him off, I would then have Cresso at left back. I just think he's better defensively than Masuaku as much as he King, needs to go. King Arthur, please, on this podcast, oh, I will, show him the respect that he all, deserves. Either or, either or, but I, honestly, that position I almost don't care because they're both poor. But I'll say Cresswell for me, and then I'd have obviously Obana Diop side by side, and then Ben Johnson for me. I don't know what you're thinking, but I'd have Johnson, and then Rice, Suchek, and then it, whenever I've been picking this in my head, Noble probably will play, but I'd like to see four nows in there. So I'd say no, sorry, Suchek, Rice, four nows, and then I'd have. Bowen on the right, Dean Garner on the left, and Antonio to start the season because he's, he's got to get the gig after what he did at the back end of last year for me. Absolutely. Uh, Tom, I think, uh, are you similar thoughts to, to, sorry, James even, similar thoughts to Tom there? Uh, exactly the same, barring uh, I'd have Haller up front instead of Antonio. I quite mm. like that. I don't mind yeah, that at all. And, and weirdly enough, I forgot about Suchek in my, when I was jotting down my little <laughs> 11. And I forgot all about him, bless him. So go um, on then, Josie. Give us, give, us your, uh, give us your team then, just to clear it, was, it up. It was exactly the same formation, exactly the same back, um, back four, so, Fab in goal. Yeah. Uh, that it was Rice, Noble, four now. So I think my love of Noble blinded my... Uh, yeah. Uh, my, my, it's only right. It's only right. James, my my only love for I've got I've got a love for Suchek as well, but that noble that light for noble is still burning brightly. <laughs> um, so, um, but I yeah I would drop Nobes as much as I love him uh, for Suchek four hours and then Bowen and Dean Garner on each wing and then Haller up front over over Antonio purely because I feel that Dean Garner when he showed it with Haller's hat trick. Yeah. And that first, uh, in that first friendly, that you know, he, he could be the guy that really feeds Hannah this year um, if we keep him. So yeah, that that would be my eleven. Mm, fair enough. Well, fair enough. listen, what what about this? Just to shake things up a bit, and I genuinely do think I would not be disappointed if this was the way Moyes lined up at all. Five at the back, like I said, and then I think you do. I think you put Masuaku in there um, because I think that's where his best position is. I think he works best he's played his best football West Ham as a left wing back and he's posted a load of photos on his Instagram over the summer of him working hard when everyone else was on holiday so that basically means he's going to be absolutely outstanding next season um, no but I have um, James I don't know if you know that that's actually the rules when footballers post uh, videos of themselves working hard in the gym over the summer that means they're going to be really good next year right all oh, right yeah, yeah. so right. I didn't, didn't realize you didn't know that but that is how it works <laughs> No, uh, Fabianski in goal. Uh, Masuaku left wing back. I'd, I'd stick with Fredericks. I think you Johnson's a great backup, and if he does play in a four like you two have mentioned, I would not be sorry to see Ben Johnson playing on either side of that defence. Um, but I think if it, I'd like to see him try that five, so Fredericks right wing back, Masuaku left wing back. Then the three in the middle, basically the only three. 
centre-backs that we've got, Ogbonna Diop and you throw Balbuena in there, I think it takes the pressure off of the fact that all three of them are okay centre-backs at best. I think if there's three of them there, surely there's a, a little bit less chance of them letting a few goals in. And then I think you have a midfield three of Suchek, uh, Rice and Fornells. And then I think up front, you have Haller out and out. But then I think you have Jared Bowen buzzing around in like a little just sort of false nine sort of position just off the striker that he can link up, play him mid, drop back into midfield and buzz around Haller because Haller was, there's no point putting him up front on his own again like last season. He was just so isolated. So yeah, just to be a little bit different. Um, neither of you look overly astounded or blind, minds blown by that. <laughs> None of you are like, oh, Will, I'd never thought of it like that. I'm just well, Will Pueyola, basically, isn't it? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm gobsmacked at the. I'm so gobsmacked at the realization that all it takes for, to play well at foot, be good at football, is that work hard during the summer. And, <laughs> and post yeah. it on Instagram. No, you yeah. must post it on Instagram. Oh, Jonesy. right, okay. Because yeah. there's me thinking you just had to be good at football, but no, you actually got to <laughs> no, work no, no, hard no. for it as well. Yeah, put it on your blow, Instagram. Blow stories. me down. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, it is interesting. Um, <laughs> that's I, not I, good, is it? I like it the idea. Just... I, <laughs> That's, that's, you, really... that's really special. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, good try, Will. Will yeah, 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 sweet. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I like the idea of um, of Bowen buzzing around, mm. sort of running like around the box. It's the way I you describe it, Jonesy. That's yeah, the key. Yeah. yeah. He's, um, yeah, no, I mean, it could work. I don't know. <laughs> do you not want really Dean Garner? Do you just not want, do you not, are you not a bit, I mean, we've, we've been starved of signings. So do you not have fancy seeing a bit of Dean Garner in there? No, I, you know what? To be honest, I do. I think the in reality, Moyes isn't going to mm. do what I've said. I, I would actually genuinely like it because I think our mm. defence was so appalling last year. I think if you went with that, it's, it's becoming a bit fashionable, isn't it? Wolves and Sheffield United did it really well with the five at the back last season. Mm. Um, so, and I think we we it worked for Moyes in his first spell. Uh, I don't think, unfortunately, that he will do that. So yeah, if he, if he sticks with the four-two. 3-1 style, then I 100% want to see Rice and Suchek at the base of that with Dean Garner on the left where um, Anderson used to be or where he used to go and stand for uh, 90 <laughs> minutes in his claret blue top. Yeah, four nails in the middle, Bowen on the right. And then, you know what? I, I think the Haller-Antonio thing, I think it's you can't, I don't think you put Haller in straight away. You can't. You've just got to think that Antonio might still carry on that form. The Geezer wins Player of the Month, Barclays Premier League Player of the Month or whatever it was. And last time a West Ham player won that was God knows when. I, I think it's bang out of order if, if Moyes drops him for the... For, if he doesn't do anything and doesn't carry on that form, then yeah, maybe you bring Haller back in. But no, I'd, uh, I'd be starting Antonio if he does do the 4-2-3-1. The All to play for, though, lads. Well, I think we'll get a bit more of an idea uh, at the... Bournemouth game on the weekend if West Ham managed to grab the Betway Cup back. I'm not sure whether Atletico Bilbao have had that pride position in their trophy cabinet or whether they'll even been able to give the trophy back because of coronavirus. But we'll, uh, we'll probably have a better idea based on the team Moyes puts out for Saturday's game, who he's going to start against Newcastle. But it's back. Name that game. The quiz section that's replaced the Rogue Mystery Players quiz. Uh, just like David Moyes will be tinkering with his squad this weekend. Uh, Jonesy, Tom and I have done a little bit of tinkering with the format of Name That Game. We want to have it just right and ready to go 
for when the season starts properly. So the gist of the game each week, the quiz master this week, it's James Jones picks a West Ham match from history and collates the necess- some necessary pieces of information. Uh, each of the pieces of information are below an obscure fact or a, a piece of information about the game, the scoreline only not giving away the winner. Uh, one opposition goal scorer, if any. One West Ham goal scorer, if any. The stadium in which the game was played and the season. And if it's a draw, uh, the point system goes to a draw. The tiebreaker is the exact year that the game took place. The guessers can interrupt, who is me and Tom this week, can interrupt at any time and guess the remaining bits of information about the game from what Jonesy has given us so far. It goes one by one. Each incorrect guess gets thrown over to the opponent. The format's changed slightly this week. Uh, It's a point for each correct piece of information you get right. And then three bonus points given to the overall winner. So Jonesy, uh, Quizmaster this week, are you ready for it? Take it away. Yeah, so before we get going, I just want to, I find, when it comes to thinking of sort of good games in the past, I'm pretty good at those. But when I actually had to select one today, absolute nightmare. (laughs) Googling classic West Ham games, like, but I hope I've picked a good one. Um, so the first one, obscure facts or piece of information about this game, is uh, in this game, the white ball was famously subbed off for the yellow ball. That's a beauty of a fact. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah I don't care who I mean, wins now. That's a belter. Yeah. Blimey, oh. I ain't got it on that side. No, nothing on that, no, Josie. No, okay. Um uh, number two, the scoreline is 4 0. Right. Can you guess? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm going to interject now, then, Josie. So now I've interjected just for the people at home because it is a new game. Now I've interjected. I can guess the next piece of information. If I get it right, then it throws to Tom to have a go. So I'm just going to have a guess, Josie, at piece of information number three, which is uh, one opposition goal scorer. I'm going to say that there wasn't any because it was 4-0 to West Ham. Correct. That is correct. Right. So that's one point Mm -hmm. for me, for those listening at home. And Tom, you get to have a guess at the one West Ham goal scorer. Colton Cole. Correct. He's absolutely nailed it. One point each. So it froze back to me. Jonesy, I'm going to say the stadium was Upton Park. Yeah, that's correct. That's two points for me. One for Tom. Tom, this throws yeah. back to you, so you get to guess the season that it was in. Oh no! Oh, oh nine ten. No. No, it's not. Oh, oh nine ten. Oh, uh, ten. I'm going to say. I'm going to say. If I think it's the game, is it ten eleven? It is Tony Lebron. Oh, oh, three points. That is the win for me. Jonesy, was it West Ham United 4, Manchester United 0? It was indeed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I knew the game. I just got that the year was a tough one. League Cup would, final in the snow. It was John Spector. Yeah, Johnny Spector. Yeah. What a game that was. What a game. When, when Johnny Spector became a hero. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely is. against his old club so just uh just so everyone who's listening at home we have changed that format likely that's the one we're likely to go ahead with this season so i get the three points jonesy correct me if i'm wrong there three points for the three, three points. correct pieces of information that i got tom got the one and i also get three bonus points 
for the, as you would in football normally, for the victory. So that's six points for me for the evening and one for Tom. Tom, not too disgraceful for you in the end. But uh, yeah, Josie, so uh, excellent. That game was a belter. Were you at that one, Josie, or were you playing rugby? (laughs) No, I was at that one, funny enough. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I was at that. Uh, We... My mate headbutted uh, my missus when I think we went 4-0 up. It was actually, it was On an purpose? Accident. No, it was an accident. <laughs> Lucy doesn't um, just support Man United. No, yeah. no, no. no. We, yeah, no, she doesn't. Um, but yeah, she got headbutted by my mate and everyone laughed while she was like on the floor. Um, <laughs> not thinking, not realising how hard it was until my mate went after celebrating the goal. Oh, my head. It's like, oh, yeah, it's actually quite hard. Um, but yeah, yeah, I can't believe it's almost 10 years ago. Yeah, um, crazy. Yeah. Did, but did the, you uh, did you carry on celebrating, mate? Or yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's not often you've you beaten United four 0 at home, is it? So, um, in the snow as well. In the snow. In the game. snow, and uh, that was the game that Colton Cole's head was steaming afterwards. I think as well. Yeah, yeah. and Lucy's um, by the sound of it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the white ball was famously subbed off for the yellow ball. I remember the stadium announcer actually announced it as if it was a substitution. Mm. Everyone giggled. Just like the uh, Mr. Moon Mr. Moon, left the yeah. stadium. Excellent. Well, I think uh, I think that format works a little bit better. A little bit of uh, ding dong like we had mm. with the mystery players quiz last season. So Jonesy, nice one on that. We'll start the league table. I think what we'll do is start the league table once we've um, once the season starts properly. Now we've uh, we're starting to establish the format of the quiz for this season a little bit more. We all missed the mystery players quiz, of course, and but it's nice as as we've been able to do then to remember the legend that is uh, Jonathan Spector at West Ham United. So that wraps up the segment three of the show. Name that game. Uh, the second instalment of that we've covered absolutely loads tonight so stick with us because we'll do our last little segment on the West Ham women's team next you are still listening to the we are West Ham podcast with me Will Pugh Tom Edwards and James Jones and in the second ever instalment of name that game the new quiz that we're running on the we are West Ham show this season I managed to get my inaugural victory which is good news for me we'll uh, nail down that format and by the time the season starts properly we'll have the the league table ready just as we did with the rogue mystery players quiz and there'll be a little bit of competition between the three of us as you are all used to listening at home but the new segment we've introduced this season uh, at the the end of each each podcast we want to give a little bit of attention to the West Ham women's team it's been their you know their profile the last couple of seasons has been growing the FA Cup final that they reached not too long ago was obviously one that we were that we were all proud of at the club and definitely spiked interest West Ham uh, they're also they featured on the BBC three documentary before which uh, Jack Sullivan was on it's about his running of the the West Ham women's team Jack Sullivan of course still in charge um, some some big news this week again Jonesy another busy week for the women's team to be quite honest it was probably a busier week for them than it was for the men's team. The new kit numbers were released. Uh, it was announced that their WSL home game against Arsenal on September the 12th will allow a thousand fans in. 
as part of the one of the pilot events under the government's new guidelines. Uh, they also were drawn. Uh, the, the draw for the League Cup took place. Uh, they'll be facing Reading, Brighton, and Championship side Charlton. And the news came out, of course, about the new BBC documentary Squad Goals. So that's uh, once again uh, able to have a look and see how it's all run at the West Ham women's team. We're hoping to get quite a few guests on this season. Uh, weren't able to get anyone in for tonight, but from next week onwards, hope to have a, have a guest guest most weeks. Jonesy, the, um, some more transfers again. Uh, we, we touched on them last week, which was quite impressive. But this week, there's been a uh, departure. Philippa Wallen, uh, left-back Philippa Wallen, has gone to Applewell Limassol in Cyprus. And incomings, Australian midfielder Emily Van Egmond has come in on loan from Orlando Pride. It seems like the, the women's team are, certainly in the transfer market, um, making some moves where the men's team aren't, which is, um, I think, quite exciting for, for a lot of the season ticket holders and, and fans of the women's team at the moment. Yeah, no, definitely. I think I think what before those those two, I think it was six in, six out. So that makes it seven in, seven out. Quick maths. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's been a busy it's been a busy uh, summer so far for the for the team, and now hopefully, I mean, I know they've they've lost one or two key players, but by all accounts, they brought in a um, sort of replaced those. You know, they've got the Czech Football of the Year that we spoke about last week, and um, you know, it, it looks as though they're, they're beginning to build a a nice strong and balanced squad. So hopefully they can get, you know, get the scene up and running with a positive result against Arsenal, hopefully in front of those thousand fans as well, singing and uh, making a bit of an atmosphere. For me, that's the big news of the week, that thousand fans being allowed in to watch. Mm. Um, it's It gives us all a glimmer. I hope that, you know, football's beginning to just get back to some kind of normal for us, isn't it? Yeah. Um, even if that is just used as a trial event, uh, we're seeing to get older only. Um, but yeah, for me, that's that's the big news. You know, fans beginning to be allowed to get back. Of course, that is. I mean, that traverses not just women's football. That's big news in in the world of yeah. sport in general, isn't it, Tom? I mean, mm. I think we we all agreed, or we all said last week, we've all just put our names in for the ballot to get um, tickets to the men's side. As and when we can, uh, yeah, the Dagenham and Redbridge Victoria Road is their new stadium, the women's team's new stadium for this season. It's got a maximum capacity of 6,000, but there's going to be 1,000 fans let in. That's the home game against Arsenal on September the 12th. We saw Brighton and Chelsea played a pre-season friendly, which I was... Um, I watched that the other day and you know what, although there was only two and a half thousand people in there at the Amex and they were all dotted around, I don't know if either of you saw pictures or footage, yeah. it was brilliant to have some actual fans singing actual Ooh. songs and all right, yeah, the, the, it was a bit empty, but you could still hear them. It was still a bit of a laugh. Uh, Graham Potter yeah. and Frank Lampard spoke after the game and said that's really good. So it's uh, it's certainly heartening, isn't it, to see that the um, you know the same's happening in the women's game and and hopefully they can keep those numbers up for the season. Exactly that, and I think sport in general, the whole world's missed the entertainment side of it and getting fans in and getting them to enjoy the experience, see it live and. Obviously, women's sports taken a big hit by the coronavirus, probably more so than the Premier League has and all these big, big, massive corporations who've been able to put it on and the NBA and people like that who've got the money pumped into them that they've been able to make uh, agreements with respective governments to get uh, to get people along and to get the games finished and to get the seasons finished, whereas the WSL hasn't quite had the same level of support or, or ability to get on with things and close out the seasons and do everything. I know the Women's Champions League was finished 
a couple of nights ago and Leon won it. So, yeah, it's, it's exciting to see women's football back in general. It's exciting to see a new season. It's a lot of ingoings uh, and outgoings at West Ham. And like you said, I'm excited to hear the season from their point of view and get some of their opinions on what it's like at the new place. There's a lot of change down there. So it's, it's an exciting time for women's football in general and for West Ham women's team. Absolutely. Yeah, you wonder whether the uh, the move to the stadium and uh, like you said there, a lot of the in-goings mm. and outgoings, whether that's going to benefit them or you know be a negative. You'd imagine having that stable home at Victoria Road, Dagenham Redbridge's ground, if it can get up to, like say, get 6,000 people in there, that's the capacity of the stadium. If they can get those numbers in, having a stable home is obviously going to do them a favour. Some of the games that they will be playing at their uh, that new stadium is in the Continental League Cup. And as I said earlier, been drawn in Group D uh, with fellow WSL sides Reading and Brighton, as well as Championship Outfit Charlton. They beat Reading, of course, to w- reach that FA Cup final. A couple of seasons ago, it's a great achievement at the time. Beat them on penalties at Adams Park. Brighton again, decent side. Uh, they'll they'll provide a challenge this year. You'd hope when you drop down, especially the the levels that you see in the WSL these days, where they are you know proper professionals. The Championship sides, unfortunately, still a lot of part time players not training quite as much. Um, so you'd hope they could get out of that group. I, I certainly think there'll be there'll be confidence within the side, and then obviously from there um, go on to. I think it's the t- no, it is it's the top. The teams are split it's six groups, and then the top team from each group, um, as well as two best performing second place sides, uh, qualify from the quarterfinal. So obviously only one guaranteed spot in there. Um, Reading again, they're they're a decent outfit. So it'll be a bit of a challenging one for them there. But look, it's uh, it's an exciting time for the women's team, just like it is is the men's. And we'll be keeping an eye on them throughout the season. Uh, obviously, if some of you listen already, already attend games. Um, that's absolutely excellent. I'm sure you're looking forward to the new season at Victoria Road as, uh, as well as everyone else's. And um, me and the lads are certainly going to try and get down there a couple of times this season, have a little day out. The three of us see what's what, and we're hoping to uh, to throughout the year and throughout the season get a lot more guests, be they um, members of the squad, former members of the squad. We've had Rosie and Molly Committer on the podcast before. Hope to hear from them again, but we'll be keeping you all abreast uh, of the West Ham women's team as the season progresses. Lads, what a show! What a show! I think um, Tom's uh, Tom's soliloquy on the uh, the state of things at the moment that's another elaborate word that i've managed to squeeze in there jonesy and that time i delivered it properly that was probably the highlight of the show excellent to hear from you tom as always on uh, the state of things at the club it's been uh, it's been brilliant any jonesy any final thoughts i oh, just you know hopefully we can win some silverware at the weekend um, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's been a long long wait for, for silverware and you know this one's not a friendly I've decided it's not a friendly this one not about uh, fitness when there's when no when there's a trophy up for grabs game taker um, no it's massive it's massive it's huge <laughs> <laughs> absolutely huge Thomas I'm sure you uh, feel exactly the same way about this weekend's Betway Cup mm. clash with Bournemouth but uh, any I think you've, you've done yourself proud mm. already tonight Tom with uh, the way you put your thoughts across earlier on but anything to sum up with from you just I mean, the nerves are, I just can't contain myself for the Betfred Cup or sorry, Betway Cup. So, Betfred, who am I? I should sell myself down the river of lies there. That's uh, undermined no. it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's ruined everything. Re up. Let's change it all. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, the nerves for that, the nerves for getting 90 minutes in for my precious Dean Garner. 
Um, but no, yeah, looking forward to it now, getting ready to get the season going, to be honest with you. We we bored of the transfer news, bored of all that, and, and the closer we get, the better. So just fingers crossed. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll, look, we'll sign out on a couple of uh, positive notes. As we say, we'd love it if you could give us a uh, go on to your chosen podcast platform, wherever you listen to us, and give us, give us a rating, give us a review. If you think we're only worth one star, then just give us one star and write about it in the comments and tell us if you think we're worth five, then give us five and uh, jot a few words down. A couple that we've had in the last week or so, uh, which we didn't get a chance to read out on the last show. Uh, T Tepe Tepe has said the best West Ham podcast out there by a mile, funny, insightful, measured opinions from the lads. Keep up the great work. And this is from Moro. Love listening to the boys. I work abroad. And it's a great podcast to so keep up to date with all that is West Ham. Keep it up. Thanks very much for everyone who has reviewed, given us a review already. Those ones were from iTunes. But you can, of course, go on Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to us and give us a review. Remember, this week, this week's episode will be going up on YouTube. There's a link for the YouTube channel in this podcast description. So when you're going in there to give us your review, you can just click on the YouTube link and see what the three of us actually look like. Do follow us on Twitter. We are underscore West Ham and of course, Instagram as well. And one last thing, join our fantasy Premier League code if you haven't already and you're a fantasy football nut and you can play against me and the boys for the rest of the season. Jonesy will start awfully and inevitably win and then I'll be absolutely furious about it. The code for that is all lowercase C-N-Y-6-O, the letter you hundreds of people signed up already It'd be great if you could as well lovely hearing from the lads tonight thanks again as always for listening to the we are west ham podcast keep the faith up the hammers and we'll see you next week hello there i'm tony gal and you are listening to we are west ham podcast Podcast Network.